The world we once knew no longer exists, and many are concerned. People have the feeling that something is terribly wrong, and they are helpless to change it. There's trouble in the Middle East and North Africa. It appears that a new Cold War is breaking out between Russia and the Western nations. But geopolitics is only a small part of a much greater sea change in our world. At home, you are likely seeing dramatic and disturbing social changes, behaviors that were once condemned and not spoken of in polite society are now part of our public discourse. Living together prior to marriage appears to be the norm. Insurance forms and government documents no longer use husband or wife, but have substituted the generic word partner. Same-sex marriage is not only acceptable, but you are being pressured to celebrate it. And just look at us. People of all ages have given themselves facial and body piercing, pierced eyebrows, pierced lips, pierced tongues and cheeks. Some have so much facial hardware you wonder how they get through airport security. Then there are the ear stretchers, and we must ask how long will it be before we see nose bones? Tattoos in civilized society were once the domain of drunken sailors, who woke up the next morning after shore leave to find they'd been initiated with a hula dancer on their calf or an eagle on their chest, but no more. Tattoos are found everywhere, even among fully mature men and women. It's difficult to find a sports figure without his arms covered. And no doubt many of you watching today's program have taken the plunge and are sporting your own body art. Some years ago, I was directing a discussion with teens at one of our summer camps. I asked them whether they were leaders or followers, and one young man gave an answer I'll never forget. He said totally sincerely, I want to be an individual just like all my friends. There's a conflict in our nature that drives the desire to stand out, to be an individual on one hand, and then there's the other side that wants to fit in. Without realizing it, this young man was saying he wanted to chart his own course, meaning one that is different from his parents and adult society, but he also craved acceptance from his peers. So where does that leave you? Are you an individual? Or are you just like all your friends? On what basis do you make your decisions? Do you first look which way the wind is blowing? Now most of us think we're not influenced by society around us, but is that what the facts show? Have Western nations become nations of sheep? And if so, who is doing the leading? Where is our world heading? The Bible gives us the answers, so stay tuned. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where we not only discuss the news, but give the meaning behind the news. In the last 50 years, our world has undergone a total moral transformation. Moral limits and responsible behaviors that politicians once trumpeted only a handful of years ago, if spoken today, can be enough to end a promising career. Business owners and civil servants who stand on moral conscience have been fined and thrown in jail. But these are the exceptions, as it seems the majority are following the course of the world 
like sheep to the slaughter. One must wonder, why is the world going in the direction it is? And who's behind it? Once we understand who's behind it, you can understand why the world is going in the direction it is. A traditional religious hymn revived by Amy Grant is titled, This Is My Father's World. I can remember singing it in church services when I was quite young. It has a catchy tune and the lyrics sound good on the surface. For example, the third verse declares, This is my Father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, His hand the wonders wrought. I'm sure there is little question as to who created the rocks and trees, the skies and seas. God truly is above all and is the creator of the entire universe. But there's a problem with this hymn, and here's what many churchgoers don't understand. This is not God's world. Now, as shocking as that may sound, that's what your Bible says. The Apostle Paul verifies this in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Yes, the God of this world is blinding people's minds to the true gospel of Christ. Many know Satan as our enemy, but do they realize he is the God of this age? Prior to his crucifixion, Jesus referred to the ruler of this world on several occasions. Without naming him, it is evident from the context that he was not referring to his father, but to Satan the devil. Notice in John the 12th chapter, and in verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14 and verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Yes, it is true that God has created the physical world of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. But to say this world, its course and direction, is that of Almighty God of the Bible, is neither scripturally accurate, nor does it match what we see around us. To claim that this is our Father's world, meaning God's world, is, to put it mildly, misleading. But few churchgoers today understand this. They don't realize that Satan is the ruler of this present evil age. Now think about it. What do your eyes and experiences tell you? Consider all the wars that have been fought. Virtually the whole of man's history can be summed up as a chronicle of wars. Consider the starvation that is taking place on a scale that few of us in the so-called first world countries can imagine. Consider the crime and violence committed by selfish, uncaring, and brutal thugs. Consider the state of our marriages and families, where nearly half of all marriages break apart and consider the millions who simply move in together, sometimes have children, part when things don't go according to their liking, and leave children wondering where they belong. Is this really our Father's world? Yes, He did create the rocks and trees, the skies and seas, but He is definitely not, at this time, the God of this world. To learn more about today's topic, 
visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of The World Ahead, What Will It Be Like? You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Call 1-866-784-7895. Call, write, or visit us online today. With this understanding regarding who the God of this age is, let me ask a question. Why do you do the things that you do? What I'm going to say may make some of you a little uncomfortable. It seems that today everybody has to get a tattoo. Probably many of you watching this program have gone under the needle, but I ask why. Is it to glorify God? Now please don't get me wrong, there are far greater problems in this world than tattoos, and some mistakes in life are best left alone. But tattoos do not glorify God. Here's why. God reveals to us His will in Leviticus 19th chapter and verse 28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, and note this, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. I'm sure most of you have never read that. And as I said, there are far greater problems than tattoos. But this fad is a symptom of something bigger. It shows us whether we are following God or without realizing it, the God of this world. When someone does something outrageous, such as tongue piercing, I figure he or she wants people to notice it, and I hate to disappoint. Now my wife gets embarrassed, but sometimes I can't help asking a waitress in the nicest way I know how, why would a lovely young lady such as you take a nail and put it through your tongue? That must have hurt. The answers you get are telling. One young waitress looked at me with a quizzical expression and replied, I don't know. No one ever asked me that before. I'll have to think about it. And every time this otherwise very clean cut and very nice waitress came back to our table, she let me know she hadn't forgotten the question and was still thinking about it. She never found the answer, at least not while we were there. But I left her a nice tip for giving us good service. Now, based on my personal observations, tongue piercing may be on the decline. However, tattooing is going ahead full bore. Why? Why do we see people of all ages and stations in life cover themselves with ink? Tattoo parlors are springing up everywhere. Television reality shows are built around body art and bad ink. And tattoo removal services are doing a brisk business. Is it because people think through the benefits and long-term risks? Or is it because they want to be an individual just like all their friends? Why has this generation so easily and quickly given itself over to these practices? Why do we allow ourselves to be led about like sheep? The Apostle Paul spoke to the Christians at Ephesus, explaining that they once followed the one who is directing the fads, fashions, and trends of this world. Here it is in Ephesians, the second chapter, beginning in verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Satan the devil is here described as the one who directs the course of this world. So how does he do it? Notice that the scripture calls him the prince of the power of the air. Now, right now, wherever you are, there are probably dozens, perhaps hundreds of voices, pictures, and other forms of messages passing by you. But you can't hear them or see them. That is unless you have a receiver such as a radio, television, or other electronic device. One of those voices is from Satan. He is truly, as we have just read, the prince of the power of the air. But he doesn't normally transmit audible words. Instead, he transmits moods, feelings, attitudes, and thoughts. He does this all the time to the point that we don't realize what is going on in our own minds. That is how he rules the world. He broadcasts his moods, thoughts, and attitudes into the minds of men everywhere. Now, Jesus plainly understood the source of wrong attitudes and thoughts. We read of an interesting incident as Jesus and the disciples were traveling through Samaria on their way to Jerusalem. Luke, the ninth chapter, and verse 53. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? These two disciples were looking to a past biblical account to validate their attitudes and desires. They thought they knew what needed to be done, but they failed to realize their situation was very different from that of Elijah's. Their pride was hurt by rejection, and Jesus knew the source of their pride. He turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Yes, there was a spirit influence that they failed to recognize. On another occasion, Jesus began to show His disciples that He would be killed in Jerusalem and resurrected three days later. Peter's bold profession to defend Jesus against death appeared to be an act of loyalty and courage, but it was something quite different. We read of this in Matthew, the 16th chapter, beginning in verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. We would not normally expect Peter's comments to elicit such a harsh response, but Peter was opposing God's will, and he was unknowingly influenced by the prince of the power of the air. Through his subtle and relentless broadcasting, Satan is able to shape the course of this world. This is why our world is going in the direction it is. Conflicts between individuals and nations continue unabated. Government officials are caught up in one scandal after another. Religions fail to provide the right answers, but instead follow the course of this world and its pagan traditions. Morals continue on a downward spiral. While we see great improvements in science and technology making life easier,
we see no such improvement in human behavior. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of The World Ahead, What Will It Be Like? You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine. Call 1-866-784-7895. Call, write, or visit us online today. Jesus Christ never tried to fit in with the world. On the contrary, He spoke out against the world, whether the religious world or the immoral culture of His day. Some of the Pharisees came to Him one day to test Him. They brought to him a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. What would he do? Knowing the foul spirit behind their question, he said nothing but began to write on the ground. Now there are many speculations as to what he wrote, but the Bible doesn't tell us. All we know is that those who brought the woman to him began to leave, beginning with the oldest to the youngest. And when no one was left but the woman, he didn't condemn her but gave her a strong warning, Go and sin no more. He didn't condone the sin. He didn't abrogate the seventh commandment that says, You shall not commit adultery. He wasn't unambiguous on this subject. He taught in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 27 and 28, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Yet today adultery is rampant. And as seen from this scripture, adultery of the heart by means of pornography is also a grievous sin. Fornication, that is sex prior to marriage, is also condemned in the Bible as is homosexuality. However, these sins are taken lightly by most Western nations, and none can legitimately claim the moral high ground. This 2006 Barna Group survey reveals what many already know about American culture, and the moral landscape has deteriorated dramatically in the last 10 years since this report came out. Perhaps no moral dimension has changed as much as Americans' perspectives and behaviors related to sexuality. Busters, that is those in their 20s and 30s, were significantly different from older Americans. During the past month, busters were twice as likely to have viewed sexually explicit movies or videos, two and a half times more likely to report having a sexual encounter outside of marriage, and three times more likely to have viewed sexually graphic content online. But many busters also defy sexual convention in their attitudes. For instance, more than two-thirds of the generation said that cohabitation and sexual fantasies are morally acceptable behaviors, compared with half of older adults. Most young adults contended that engaging in sex outside of marriage and viewing pornography are not morally problematic. Well, only one-third of pre-busters agreed. Almost half of busters believe that sexual relationships between people of the same sex are acceptable, compared with one-quarter of older adults. 
Christ's disciples are sometimes referred to as sheep, but the shepherd they follow is Jesus himself. While they follow the leader, it is evident that they have considered who it is that they want to follow. But sadly, the majority of Western nations are sheep who have not considered who they are following, and the rest of the world has not been immune. Without realizing it, they too are following the course of this world as directed by the one who wants to destroy them. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus prayed to his Father regarding his disciples. Here it is in John, the 17th chapter, and in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Even in the world of religion, there is the course of this world. Sadly, too few realize that Satan also has his churches and his ministers, and they don't call themselves by his name. Jesus tells us that people would actually use his name, that is Jesus' name, to deceive. Notice this in Matthew, the 24th chapter, in verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. That is saying that Jesus is the Christ and will deceive many. He even said that people would claim miracles in His name, but they don't belong to Him. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Your name, cast out demons in Your name, and done many wonders in Your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's in Matthew 7, verses 22 and 23. The Apostle Paul chided the Corinthians for not discerning which spirit they were following. And he showed that the God of this world has his own ministers, and they will look good to the sheep of this world. Notice it in 2 Corinthians 11th chapter, verses 13 to 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Our generation has fallen prey to the siren song of liberty. Have you ever noticed how communist and rebel armies always call themselves by the term liberation? But somehow their form of liberation ends in bondage and a loss of freedoms. It is no different with the social architects and the prince of the power of the air who are engineering our brave new world of moral freedom. The Apostle Peter warns against such ploys in 2 Peter, the second chapter. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. And while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. So where is all this leading? 
The Bible speaks of a time of trouble greater than there ever has been before or ever will be after. And Jesus' Olivet Prophecy, he tells us it is going to get so bad that all intelligent life will be snuffed out. That is, if he didn't return to stop it. Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22 tell us the following. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. But does this mean that all hope is lost? Jesus answered that for us in the verse we just read, that those days will be shortened for the elect's sake. Just as Jesus refused to follow the leader of this world, He is working with men and women around the globe who want to overcome the world. We have already read Jesus' prayer the night of His betrayal, showing that His followers would not be of this world. He goes on to identify what would set these men and women apart from the rest of the world. Obedience to God's Word, the Bible. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, that means to set apart by your truth. Your Word is truth. Furthermore, God inspired the Apostle James to record this inspiring promise to aid those who resist Satan's influence. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Our world is rapidly changing. The God of this world is leading the vast majority of mankind like sheep to the slaughter, and the sheep don't know it. That spirit being has convinced foolish mankind to think that he can outvote God when it comes to what is right and what is wrong, and the end will be disastrous. But there is good news. We call this program Tomorrow's World because there is a better world prophesied to come. In prophecy after prophecy of the Bible, it describes this very different world when Jesus Christ is King over all the earth then it will be our Father's world. Learn more about this brighter tomorrow by visiting our website, which will be shown on the screen momentarily, where you can read or download our booklet, The World Ahead, What Will It Be Like? There you will read fascinating Bible prophecies describing in detail what life will be like under the reign of Jesus Christ. And be sure to come back next week same time, same station, when Richard Ames and I will fearlessly challenge you to consider the choices you make. See you next time. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org to read or order your free copy of The World Ahead, What Will It Be Like? It explores tomorrow's world, showing the prosperity, abundance and beauty of life after the return of Jesus Christ. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M0P6. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life 
while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Call, write, or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.